What exactly is an empath and how does it relate to public speaking, storytelling, and what does it mean for you? Let's talk about it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's another grand episode and I'm ready. You know, the other day someone asked me why I'm so excited on every episode and they talked about how they've listened to tons of podcasts and everyone is just so chill, but I'm really animated. (laughs) Well, honestly, I have I've got chill moments, too. I've, I've got quite a lot of them, actually, but I get up for this because I really enjoy it. So that's it. And I hope the energy keeps you listening and keeps you engaged. Tell me how you're feeling by hopping over to robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. That's robertkennedy3.com forward slash voicemail. Leave me a message there. I want to hear what you think. Okay. (laughs) I just want to remind you that there are other great episodes of this show. So go back and listen to them. Recently, we talked about your signature story. Women in Leadership, Becoming a Podcast Expert, and Becoming a Success with $40. Yes, that's a lot of stuff. So hop back to episodes 21, 22, 23, 24, 25 to get some goodness. Oh, yeah. What you reading, Robert? Hey, every few episodes or so, I share a book I'm reading or I have read recently to help you expand your library. I recently read... Enemies of the Heart by Andy Stanley. Check out the subtitle, Breaking Free from the Four Emotions That Control You. Right? That's powerful. Here's a quick quote from the book I want you to ponder. It takes a habit to break a habit. You can pray every day for a generous heart, but until you start acting in that direction, nothing's going to change. Wow. So you can complain about a bad habit or you can create a new one in its place. So the question for you is, What habit must you create today? I want you to check the show notes for the link to this book and to find out more. Okay, let's jump into the show. My guest for today, Isabel Hunt. She's a transformation coach from Indianapolis, the author of The Power of Faith-Driven Success, A Journey Toward Living Your Dream by 30. And she's a public speaker on success and transformation principles. Isabel has a story. Let's hear it. Let's jump into this. You are a big believer in faith and dreams as the catalyst for your success. As a matter of fact, I believe on your website, you kind of talk about a vision or something that you received when you were younger mm-hmm. to kind of lead you where you are now. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Yes. Um, it was, it's actually interesting that you, that you starting out with that because I just recently had a, a big speaking engagement called walk the talk, a psychedelics inspired event here in Indy locally. And yeah. I was allowed to do a talk on that topic. And, um, it started out like a, a metaphor. It's like the story, uh, but it was me actually being about 12 years old. And, um, back then I, I'm originally from Germany. I grew up in East Germany behind the wall. Therefore, communism and 
everything was very organized. Like as a child, you don't really recognize much of what's happening, but the world outside of that was always like a little fantasy world to me. It was like, okay, but everything I know from TV, there was just war because I, we mostly just received TV from East going eastwards. And there was a lot, a lot of stuff going on at that time. And so the, the world outside of that was always very, um, mystical to me, right? Um, like Americans, they always sound so cool. <laughs> I want to be like them. I want to meet them, but I never really thought of it because I hated English anyways. But so one day I went to bed and I, I already knew I had like very, um, very spiritual connection to who I was and how I experienced world. I had some accidents happening where I had out of body experiences and all that. Uh, but that one night I went to bed and I didn't think much. I just remember waking up and this whole dream was just playing over and over and over and over in my mind. I'm like, what was that about? I saw myself. I knew it was me as an adult. I was on a big stage. All I could see were, were a sea of people. I, I, I didn't even really understand what was going on at that time. And I was spoken a different language. I'm like, why? I am not a language person. I don't like any other language. And I didn't even know what it was because we learned British English in school. And so the American English didn't sound even close to it, especially not at the age of 12. But then at the age of 16, we had uh, missionaries come to our church and outreach going on. And there was um, in particular one American who stayed with us uh, for those days. He, um, he was in our guest room and I heard him talk. And when I heard him talk, I was like, Oh my gosh, this was the dream. This is where I'm supposed to go. But what am I supposed to do on a stage? Because I was a real introvert growing up. I was an extrovert. I would never have guessed that I would be on a stage ever in my whole life. Uh, but it just stuck with me. I had, it just never left me. It just kept going and going and going until at the age of 18, I did come to the U.S. I'm like, well, let's just check it out what it is. No idea if I'll survive because my English isn't really great. I wouldn't right. understand a thing. I worked as an au pair, so those kids were kind of taking advantage of it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame them. I probably would too. I don't blame them. If someone were in front of me not knowing what I'm saying or not knowing how to respond to me, I would try to get as much sweets out of that too. Um, yeah. But that was the journey that started because when I first landed in D.C., that's where I was for the first time. I, I lived in D.C. for a year. I, it just felt like I've been here before. I wow. knew it. Like at some point in, in my former lives, who knows? I must have been here before because this is where I feel at home. And when I came back, I, I joked with my parents. I was like, did you guys adopt me? Are you sure you didn't adopt me? I'm like, no, you look like me. You are. Innocent. I'm like, okay, it was just a joke. But um, that's kind of how it felt. And it kept the whole journey starting and gave me that big push in, in pursuing actually that dream. Wow. So you mentioned the words introvert and extrovert. We actually had an episode on introverts a few episodes ago, episode 10, if you are listening and you want to go check out that episode on introverts. But you, you have this feeling about how you are and who you are. And a lot of people have these feelings about themselves, but they don't necessarily have the dreams or they don't have these forecasting or foreshadowing things to kind of help them know where they're supposed to be. So how does somebody who doesn't have that, like you had it, find their spot, their zone, their place? 
I'm actually very, very convinced that pretty much all of us have this happening to them in one way or another. Mm. If it's through people in our lives, if it's through something that we're really passionate about, just if we read a book about something that just gives us really this fire in our heart, or if it's a picture, or maybe there is um, a specific scenario that keeps showing up over and over and we just don't pay attention. I think the biggest part that keeps us where we're at and where we can't figure out what we're supposed to do is not being aware, not observing the things that are happening to us. Because especially when you're younger, you have this picture in mind, this is how my life is supposed to go, or those are the expectations people have on me, or even society. So you don't really pay attention or when something keeps showing up over and over, you just push it aside as a coincidence, like whatever, it's not for me. I'm supposed to go to college or I'm supposed to do this or I'm supposed to work with my parents in their company or whatever it really is. But I think often we just dismiss those little hunches, those little notches that we're being given, even if it's just an emotional response to something or a person keeps showing up and, and, or different person that suddenly talk about a similar scenario. And I'm like, Hey, I think you would be really good at this. Or, Hey, have you ever considered this? But sometimes, or most of them would just dismiss it. I did it. Wow. Yeah. But what about people? So one of the things that I've gone through, what if you are a person who is talented in multiple areas and you hear somebody say, Oh, you'd be good at this. And somebody else says, Oh, you'd be good at this, but they're all different things. (laughs) How do you find your path in in that regard? Most likely if you take a very deep look, they have some common ground somewhere. Mm. And um, there's an actually an exercise in my book that I often do in workshops or even with uh, clients that are especially younger that I work through, I'm like, here's the thing you need to understand. And something that I've learned through my coaching training too is an exercise. So um, if we are so focused on our calling that we don't quite, that we're always just looking at what it is that we're supposed to do. But if you look at the things that you're really passionate about, you find a message, almost like an umbrella above that. What is it that you can bring under this umbrella, under this specific message? And something that that I have been asked from my coaches and my training and that I ask most people and describe in my book is, um, if you were in a, in a, crowd, a crowd of people, everyone would be doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Everyone is real like happy and fulfilled and it's just able to be in the flow of life. What would you do? What would you be doing? And most people crack right there. I'm like, oh my gosh, I suddenly felt so empty. I didn't know what I was supposed to do because nobody needs me. Nobody needs my help. I don't know what. I'm like, no, 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 take a look. How would you feel in a, in, in a group of people like this? And most of the time I'm like, Well, if I would just let go of everything, I probably would feel happy or I would just be able to be or freedom or any word that comes to mind. I'm like, okay, so what if your life purpose is freedom? What if your life purpose is um, authenticity? Or just being. And when when we see our life purpose under such a big umbrella, 
um, it's, it's just really beautiful how everything suddenly underneath that, even if it seems like total different areas, but they somehow still come together within one message. And that's how we can um, bring it across to other people. I'm like you're doing so many different things. Like I have so many clients, like I can't just right. point it down to one, like, but what is the common denominator? What is the message behind everything you do? Even if it's something totally different, but what do you want people to experience through what you do and you can totally use it for your marketing message if that is something that is related to a business that you want to create or something um, of an organization that you want to work as like here's how I can offer my support here's how I can help this organization grow because this is my mission statement this is my message and everything I do if it's me for me drawing um, I love that but I also love to go hiking I wouldn't mind being a tour guide but it's all under the umbrella of freedom and returning to love. But that's such a hard thing for people because a lot we are we're societized or socialized mm-hmm. that we've got to do a job or we've got to do certain things. And so when you, when you're talking about freedom and authenticity, how do I turn that into money? How do I make a living from from that? So when when people are in this this mm-hmm. esoteric or nebulous space. Almost. How do you coach them and, and gear them towards uh, either from the fear of not being able to make money or a living? How do you, how do you coach them in, in, with regard to that? For one, I'm also a sociologist, so I know that we always need to have like, it, it almost feels like we need to have certain labels and boxes so that we understand what's going on. But right. in my experience, and I graduated 11 years ago, uh, is that we have created now in today's society so many labels, so mm. many labels that just keep us stuck. Like we can't, we always try to find another label just to somehow figure out who we are. But what if there are no labels? What if there are no statistics? What if we are not part of a statistic? You find the statistics happening because we're all so trained to think a certain way, to act a certain way, to fit in a certain way. That's how statistics are being created. Oh, most people who experience this, they have this happening in their life. And most people who grow up this way, they have this happening in their life. Well, of course, it's self-prophesying because that's what we have been taught. This is how it's going to happen. Of course, it's ingrained into us. Communication, motivation, leadership, and more. You're listening to the RK3 Show. Hey, y'all, if you've never checked the show notes, I just wanted to remind you to go there after the show to get more resources. Well, if you're like me, when I was new to podcast listening, I wondered, where are these show notes you speak of? Well, you can either go to therk3show.com and click on the specific episode, or if you're accessing the podcast via mobile app, you can swipe up on the podcast to see the notes below. I hope that helps. And now, back to the show. Coming from that place takes a lot of letting go and faith. And that's where it comes in. Faith-driven success, right? Yeah. Uh, it takes a lot of faith to just let it go. I'm like, okay, a, a label might help me to, to understand more about who I am, but I will not carry it with me. It gives me some idea in how I can express myself and how I can show up, how I can support other people, or how I want my life to look like. But it doesn't define me. It doesn't hang on me. I'm not putting myself into that, um, what all comes with it, like the criteria that come with the specific label, right? 
Um, and so for someone who's like, well, how do I make money? It's so funny that you say that because just a week ago I posted something because I had like this, this really weird breakdown as a coach. I'm going to be real raw and honest about it. I mean, I've been doing this work for over seven years. And when you are in business, you, you watch people, right? You like, how do I, how am I a successful entrepreneur? How do I make money? And then you look at it, SEO funnels, and how do I get more clients? And you have all those things. And then there are all those measurements and when and what it means to be successful. Right. You have to become an expert in your, in your niche. You have to um, establish yourself in a certain way. And, just towards the end of last year, it was a, a pretty breakdown for me where I'm like emotionally I'm drained, um, physically I'm drained. I, I let go of a lot of my clients that I just didn't even want to work with at that point. But I also didn't, I had a resentment towards the coaching industry uh, or the, the entrepreneur industry in general, because it was always like, if you have reached this, if you can stand in front of this car, then you're successful. If you make this much money, then you can come on my podcast. Right. Um, those kind of things where people started to make up stories. Oh, this is my story. And this is how I can sell my story. We all do it because I just wrote an article. It's called, will you care about me if I'm well, we need to have something happening to us so that people relate to us. And often we talk ourselves into certain situations, right? And so stripping away all of that and it's hard, I know, but it, it just takes a wrapping your mind around it and then taking a look. Okay. For example, if you're really passionate about music, but you're also really passionate about animals, how can you do both together? Like, again, what is the common ground? What connects the two of them? What are, what are things, skills that you have that make you be really good at both of that? It could be um, the listening. Like if you're, um, really good at music. It is you. You should listen with your heart. I always say to my son, he's five and he plays violin. And every yeah. time he comes, I'm like, it's too hard, mommy. He's like, baby, you don't play with your head. You play with your heart. Play with your heart, and then right. he, it just comes out of him. Like he just plays, and he just is really good at it too. And the same with animals. You just connect on a heart level. So maybe what you how you can make money from is like. How can you how can you help people to also connect to your heart in that way through some of the different paths that they can use? If it's music, if it's art, if it's nature, if it's animals, that was if you just take a look, you see that you see the fine line going through everything that you're passionate about. It's not totally something different, even if from an outside perspective, it might be. But if you bring it back into who you are and what connects all of those activities, you figure it out. And then you can create something. Like there's nothing that is said that you can't do with that. Maybe you find a job that would cover a lot of that. Like play music at a humane society. I don't know. Or you make up your own job. So you brought us into a really neat place. You talked about the heart and you also talked about labels just a little bit ago. And I want to shift just a little bit to a label that you have and you've got this gift. And when we first met, one of the things that you shared with me about you was that you're an empath. What does that even mean for most people? Um, well, (laughs) we're in a very interesting state in our society. So a lot of people know the term empath at this point. Um, it pretty much just describes someone who is very, very highly sensitive. Um, 
I, from a spiritual perspective, I have been, I have known that for most of my life. It's just, yeah. um, I have a different perspective of the world. For me, everything is just literally one. It's, it's so hard to, to, to describe when I meditate, I, bec- I disappear, <laughs> I disappear and physically disappear. And it's almost like my soul just recognizes that we're all one but what i can do is that i see um i'm known as the leader's heart decoder Mm. and when i focus on someone and really listen deep there's one specific color that i see that's very dominant and i also studied the psychology of color so um i know that uh, what i'm receiving is an emotional expression that's going on inside and that's very dominant at that point and right. then my brain translates that it's actually a neurological condition called um, synesthesia and turns that into color every vibration i receive is being translated into color and so i know that specific colors resemble a specific um vibration of emotion and so I can identify some messages that come to me where literally spirit is saying, hey, this is what they need to hear. Their soul is trying to communicate with them. But for some reason, they, they need to hear from you or they can't hear it themselves. Right. And I've been doing that for that specific work for over four years now. And there has only been one time where a person said, no, that doesn't resonate with me. Where a couple of weeks later, it actually turned out that it did resonate, which just there's some resistance in hearing right. it. So that work happens one-on-one typically, but how do you leverage that when you're in front of a group or a crowd as a speaker? How do you leverage that gift? For one, I have to be very careful. In the beginning, that is what kept me away from speaking on bigger stages because I got overwhelmed. Then I had those blackouts and I didn't know what I wanted to say because my brain was so overstimulated from receiving because the attention was on me. People had certain expectations. So when someone focuses on you, even just their thoughts, you receive the vibration, right? Right. And, and so for me, it was like, ah, oh, I, I, I see everything, but I can't focus on what I was supposed to do here. And so I started to have this real panic attacks in front of groups and all that. Wow. So I had to learn to really protect myself energetically, but also emotionally being very aware. It takes a lot of confidence to say, okay, I am I'm an observer. I observe this. I can acknowledge what, I, what comes at me, but I do not have to take it on or I don't have to actually deal with it. So on stage, it allows me to see the dynamic of the audience. Mm. And it also allows me to, um, like w- some of my and topics are related to um, how to um, how to overcome intercultural differences through the power of emotional awareness. So my gift is very specific, right? Of course, everyone's like, well, that's easy for you, but I don't have that. But the thing is, what all it teaches me is how to connect with people on a heart level. Like instead of seeing the physical, knowing that actually there is no physical that is communicating with you. It is the soul on a soul level. You suddenly see the individual. You see, um, I have a workshop coming up and I just got me a little, um, like one of those little um, camping lamps that you can, like the old ones looking ones that have the flame in them, right? And it's pretty much like that. The outside is our physical. And then the flame is inside of us that communicates. And even God communicates to us through our emotions. But we have forgotten that because if we were to know that, we wouldn't be able to be controlled by any authority, right? Right. And there's some history around that too. But anyways, 
but we have forgotten to turn on the light or it's just flickering very poorly so that we don't even know what we experience anymore. So how are other people supposed to know and how are they supposed to know to respond to me? Because they no longer um, receive that light. They no longer connect with our light. Right. And, um, and so that helps me to, to say to people, okay, this is how I see it. I invite you to just change your perspective just for a second and understand that there are different ways in how we can learn to connect with each other that is so much more powerful. And I think we're seeing that shift, especially with younger generations now. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. So a lot of this is very, as you've mentioned, heart-centered and emotional. Tell us, and this is where we'll, we'll end today. Tell us a little bit about how people can connect with you and how they can work with you around this type of uh, study. Yeah. The easiest way to connect with me is my website, isabahan.com. It's I-S-A-B-E-L-H-U-N-D-T.com. Some people don't forget the D. (laughs) Um, I have literally everything on my website. I try to keep it simple in one place so you don't go crazy because I'm already overwhelmed myself. So we don't need to add that to it. But my main work is around understanding how to navigate your emotional world, especially someone who is highly sensitive, who seems to be always frustrated and overwhelmed. And it's just the world is almost like a burden, right? You carry it on your shoulders. Yeah. When you feel so intensely, when you're so sensitive towards everything that's happening around you, and it's hard to see it as a gift. So yeah. I work with those people on an individual basis, but also, um, oops, sorry, because of my gift, I have, um, I'm able to release some of those trapped emotions from past trauma. I've been doing that for uh, quite a few years now. And in particular, that I have a course, it's called the, the Empowered Warrior, a simple guide to successfully navigate your emotional world, where I help people clearly understand this is what an, what the emotion is trying to communicate with you. And then they have like a cheat sheet where they have questions like, hey, if you feel angry, ask yourself those questions. Because the more awareness we have around what we experience, the less we take anything that comes at us, like people who yell at us, we will not take that seriously anymore. We yeah. are not, 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 not serious. That's the wrong word. Not personally anymore. It's like, you don't react to it. You reflect on it and you can help them figure out what it is. Hey, what do you need right now? And the same way as I am allowing myself to ask that question, what do I need? Wow, having a story can be pretty heavy, but imagine feeling so deeply that you actually take on the energy of other people's stories. That's a powerful emotion and a powerful responsibility. Every time someone does something that irritates you or annoys you, take a step back and ask yourself the question, what had to happen in order for them to get to this place? What can you do to place yourself in their shoes or see things through their eyes? How close can you get? How can you choose an empathic response? That's all for today. Check the links and the resources you need in the show notes. Then go over to Apple Podcasts to leave a ranking, rating, and a review for the show. Also, head over to the other major podcast outlets wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you had fun today. I hope you learned something. Most of all, I hope you were compelled to jump out of your comfort zone and share your story. 
If I can be helpful to you with that process, let me know by hopping over to robertkennedy3.com. Hey, y'all, don't forget, everything that happens to you in life is your stuff, your stuff is your story, and your story deserves a stage. I'm Robert Kennedy III, RK3, and you've been listening to... The RK3.